This is Recovery Machine News. And hello, everybody. I'm Nathan, and we've got Corey over there. We're going to do our first. We're going to try a different angle here. We're going to try a news type presentation. So we're going to do a couple stories that are in the news, and then we're going to get Corey's going to bring us up to date on his his personal story as far as where he's at with with uh, his his work related kind of back and forth. And we'll see how it works. I think we'll try to keep it, uh, you know, relatively short and sweet. And yeah, I think it'll give us an opportunity to maybe let you know more about, I mean, if we do a little bit of work, digging things out of the news and putting together a couple of pieces of information that maybe you don't have time to do, that might be useful for you. And it's uh, useful for us as well, because it, it kind of makes us keep up to date with what's coming down the pipe. Yeah. So, yeah. So Corey, you just, you rode in Tofino, you say? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Out in Tofino at a wedding and it was spectacular there for anyone who hasn't been there. It's just one of the most beautiful places on earth. I would, I would venture to say. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it was rainy, it was still beautiful. Absolutely. Right on. So, um, the last time I think we talked about this, you want to talk about your job situation, the union was kind of, uh, they, they were wanting you to sort of hang on to the way things were and sort of see what happened next, kind of take a wait and see approach. And, uh, since then you've had some developments. Can you tell us what, what transpired and, and what direction you're, you're headed in here? Yeah. So, so. Also, you know, when I, when our uh, the last Corey update episode, uh, it also ended with me declining the position that was offered to me for the accommodation, and I and I because of my uh, declining of that offer, I was deemed to have resigned. I was sort of resigned by force, if you will, or resigned by, in my opinion, the lack of a of a more viable option than that. Right, even though the option was. Pretty rough. Like you, I think you're yeah. looking at a an hour commute either way. It would be a desk job type situation. Yeah, full time hours. Yeah, kind of all the things that you were looking to avoid. You've got the the younger son. You don't want to. You don't want full time because of that, and you don't. So you certainly don't want to do two hours worth of commuting a day because of that. Well, who who does? But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, but but that's so that was where I was left. But like you said. After that decision was made by me, the decision and the message from from the union was, you know, let's sort of wait and see what happens next and uh, uh, keep my practicing license, keep my registration with the union and um, and just kind of kind of see, see what see what's out there. However, and and my my case has been kind of interesting because the timing has been so critical at, at various points in my story. And uh, the change that was coming in the next couple of weeks here was that I was going to have to self-pay for my, my monitoring agreement. And there are, for, for our listeners who don't know, there are few, very few employers in our, in our province who are willing to pay for the monitoring for nurses or whoever the the safety sensitive professional is a lot of employers put the onus back on the, on the individual. And it's quite costly. 
Yeah, we're talking six hundred to a thousand a month, something correct. like that. Yeah, C- correct. So, um, depending on on what. So, if you need if you need um, if it's just about urine or blood samples or hair samples, that's one thing. If you require um, a, like a little sort of at home breathalyzer that you blow into three or four times a day, there's an additional cost there. So it, it, that was not my case, but it becomes very expensive. And so as of, you know, in two or three weeks time, I was going to have to start to self-pay for that because I was, because I had declined that position that was offered to me. I was no longer attached to that employer and my union had paid for my monitoring for a year. And now who's going to pay for it? Workers' compensation does not require the monitoring as a part of their direction or part of their agreement. So it was, it was back onto me to pay for and while I was not working, that was going to cost me $500 a month. And the understanding was that once I got back to work, that was going to cost go up to $675 a month. And, and this was if I found a nursing job. And as we got into in our last episode with, with Sheldon Wilson, at the stage of, of my career that I'm at, after being through everything that I've been through, that's not an easy task to find a nursing, a nursing job or to find a nursing job with an employer who's willing to pay for, for the monitoring. Yeah. I mean, you could, it's not like there's, I mean, there's lots of jobs out there, but what the problem is, is when you get into these monitoring contracts, often they start with significant restrictions in what you are and aren't allowed to do. Correct. One of them being uh, the ability to work in an area where narcotics are being used or stored or uh, like you, you had that one job opportunity and they declined that just because you would be out in the public where somebody might have drugs, yeah. which is, you know, that's kind of next level um, over the top. It's a little intense, right? So, and, and restrictive. Restrictive. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, the, there's the actual details of the monitoring, which is submitting urine samples randomly twice a month, logging in to the computer every day to see logging all of the participation in, in, in groups, logging in my counseling, all of that stuff. But then there's also the consent agreement, which is through the governing body. So these things are all restrictive. They, I, I don't deny that there's some value to these things to keep, to keep me out of the general vicinity of, of, of a narcotic say yeah. that said, that said it, it, it doesn't account for all of the other things that I'm doing that, that keep me safe because of myself. You know, like we've talked about before, I go to the grocery store now and all of the grocery stores in my community sell wine and I don't go and, and try to take a bottle of wine and, and, and drink it. Like that's, that's my own choice there. So, so these things are, um, they are restrictive and they would really, limit the, the, the possible job directions that I could go within nursing for the next yeah. three, three, three to four years is the usual agreement for, for, for nurses. And mine was um, a four-year agreement. Hmm. The rare four-year, eh? Yeah. So, so my, to, to get to the point, my decision was, again, particularly after, after some of our more recent discussions and our more recent episodes and and this last episode with, with Sheldon, and this has been something that I've been mulling over for well over a year. And in fact, when I think about it, a year and a half, 
you know, I, I think at the first two weeks of, of uh, being off work, I knew that it was coming to this, to the fact that, that I needed to give up my nursing license. So you, there was a part of you back then that suspected that your career was over. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, and I remember, you know, distinctly having the conversation with my parents uh, in my living room saying, I, I think this is it. Like I, I, I knew I had a hunch that it was going to be restrictive and that I wouldn't have a lot of, a lot of options, but I also really felt like it had all of the, all of the contributing factors of, of stress and trauma and the workplace and the, the, just the unhealthy nature of the job and, and the things about myself that I wasn't working on, it all kind of came together into this storm. And, and I already was thinking at the very beginning, what would walking back into that be like for me? So it wasn't a, it was, it was something, but I wanted to be patient with it. I wanted to really mull that over. I wanted to see what the system and what, what, um, what, what, how I could kind of navigate that. And if there was going to be, some doors that were still open as you know, in the last update of, of mine, there were no doors open. Well, um, <laughs> I will say that I've, I've never seen anybody get into this situation and navigate it with such clarity and, and such a rational, healthy approach there were times where you were very, very frustrated in those disciplinary meetings. Uh, those are, can get really kind of heated and weird. And mm-hmm. I think both of yours definitely were. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would have reacted differently. Most people, I believe, would have reacted differently based on what I've seen. I mean, you were, you were really in against somebody there who for whatever reason, many times it's, uh, if you look deeper into these people's paths, who have these people who it's almost like they have a, a willingness to be ignorant about the condition of having, uh, you know, suffering from any kind of addictive behavior. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, I, I bet you, if you looked at that individual's past, he's probably lost a family member. Maybe it could be something, it could be his dad even, or somebody close to him was affected by it. I've seen that where people get angry and then instead of looking deeper into the problem, they shut down and put up a kind of shield. And whenever they see it, they look to stamp it out. Right. And that, yeah. that kind of, from what I was seeing and I was paying quite a bit of attention to your back and forth and stuff like that, it really looked like this individual was it, it, it just making things more difficult than they had to be for no apparent reason. And that's, this is what happens. You know, it, 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 you run into these people. Some people are very uh, empathetic. They want to try their best to make things easier. Others don't just the way it is. The way you handled that situation was, was pretty remarkable. And I think there was an opportunity even after where you could have, you could have fought harder if you wanted to, and you absolutely, you could have won. Like uh, I have no doubt that if you wanted to, you could have taken them right to the end and and beat them that way. But you didn't because you were wise enough to see that at that point, you, it, you weren't just saying that you were putting your recovery first and all that kind of nonsense. You actually understood what it meant and how much more your, pers- your uh, emotional, mental health 
would mean to you personally and those who rely on you, like your son and your, your parents and significant other. Yeah. You know, like I, I think, first of all, thank you. I think that I had worked too hard to not pay attention to the lessons that I had learned. And I, and if I had of, I, for, for me, and I, and I admire the people who persevere and then do get back to work and, and if it's able to work for them, um, I, you know, I don't want to say that this is the only way to go because I really believe that you and I have done a, I think we've done a good job of, of trying to portray the fact that there are many different roads to take. Yeah. But it is such a, it's such a personal thing. And for me, like asking myself, how does this really work for me or how does this work for my recovery? But how does it really, how does this piece of information sit or how does this potential decision sit? And so when I came to the fact, okay, now at the end here, I'm, I'm now going to have to pay for my own monitoring. I'm going to be paying $675 a month uh, to be restricted in, in the areas I can work to potentially not even be able to work with people anymore, which I really, in, in thinking about my career in nursing, the thing that I kept coming back to was that was the most, at times a very stressful part of the job, but it was also the most redeeming part of the job was like that human interaction of, of reaching people and meeting people where they were at and helping to, to make people feel better or build them up or what, you know, whatever yeah. it may be. That was the redeeming part of the job. So to be sitting behind a desk at a computer, uh, not having human contact, uh, having to pay for my own monitoring that, that was the choice of the governing body and an uh, addictions doctor that didn't, that didn't sit with me. And th- there was no autonomy in that. There was no like sort of personal agency in that. And, and so it just became clearer and clearer and clearer. And, um, but you kind of then have to take, there's a, a leap that has to be done in that where you have to like actually take a deep breath in and make that move. And that is a scary part of, of the process. It is a lot harder to do it than to say it. And uh, I've done these, you know, I've made a couple big leaps of faith in my, in my life where there was a lot on the line. I had no idea how it was going to turn out. And I made it through just by sheer luck or, you know, whatever, good fortune. But I think with your career in, in particular, it's, People are up against two things. They get complacent, depending on how long they've been in their whatever particular profession. And it's almost like, you know, when you you get, uh, I don't know if you're into investing at all, but some people, a trap that you can get in when you're investing is you you put a lot of time and effort in a stock and you put money in, you take money out. Every time you interact with that stock, you're actually building its value up in your mind in a way that is not in line with what it's really worth. If you know what I mean, it's time invested. So you're not just, you're not just quitting your job. You're like, Oh, you know, I put in all those time, all this time at school. What about all this? And so that's that one factor. Then there's the identity factor, you know, are you strong enough to just say, look, I'm more than this. I'm not just a healthcare professional. I can go do whatever the hell I want. You know, those are rational thoughts, but it's hard for people to, like, I, I've tried, I've, I've used half measures basically. And I've, I've kind of tapered my pharmacy (laughs) down to what I can stand, but 
I don't know, man. I, I admire you just, you saw the writing on the wall and honestly, I think it's, we've talked about this before, the danger of going back into that place, you know, if you're, when you're monitored, okay, that's very helpful. You know, maybe you're on Spock's and they're starting to allow that. That's also helpful. Yep. But man, it doesn't mean that you're safe forever. And it's just, it is a very dangerous, especially right now, a dangerous place to work. And it's really hard on your mental health as well, even if you're doing everything right. It is. And you know, I I think that going back to that piece about identity, regardless of, of what the profession is, nursing is certainly one that has, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of personal identity that becomes attached to that where it, it runs into every facet of, of your, of your life where people, people and loved ones and anyone who knows that you're a nurse or a healthcare professional will, will ask you questions or run things by you. And, and, uh, and there's pride in that and there's identity in that, but there's to me, the, like the actual danger of the identity being attached to that is that, that self-esteem and self-worth is attached to that. And this whole thing, and even if, even staying in it, even if I were to, to suck it up and do a desk job and to do something that a, an avenue of nursing, that was not my, not my truth, not my passion or my interest even, but if it was like just saying, okay, well, at least I'm, I'm still, I'm still this, I'm still this nurse. And then I get through it that four years of monitoring and that four years of being under sort of under the thumb of this, of the, of the recovery machine, there's a toll that that takes on our self-esteem and on our self-worth and every, you know, and I've heard this from other, other professionals, and I'm sure you have too, Nathan, where, where, and Kenan Ross said the same thing in our interview with her, that the monitoring was almost harmful and it kind of keeps you down. It, it kind of has a, has an ability to rub your nose in it and recovery should be about building, building ourselves up and holding ourselves up with what we've learned ideally. And that sort of, Keeping us down, I think, is is harmful. Now, again, not, I know that for for some it, it it works and they've and it's effective, but there's that had to be weighed out for me. Absolutely, and yeah, yeah of course, it takes a toll. And depending on the person, they're they're either going to accept that as part of, uh, part of the deal, and you know, chalk it up as a negative. But oh, you know, okay, you get used to it by the end of it. You know, it's not such a big deal. But I think it depends on how much. Uh, how much you have yourself propped up, right? If your identity is propped up by a lot of these uh, external, um, like your career, whatever, what, uh, how many letters you have behind your name, these types of things. To me, all that is, has always been nonsense. I don't understand how, how people equate. um, I mean, sure. They can equate academic excellence or uh, skill in a, a specific field. And that's really cool. Yep. But it's not, it's not all what you are. It, I mean, there's just, there's so many facets of being a human being and to put everything into that, uh, whatever field you're in and then have your entire world, you know, sitting on this precipice waiting, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> waiting for somebody to kick the leg out. I, I don't know. I, I, I understand why people have a problem with it for sure. But, um, luckily I think in my case, it wasn't, that part wasn't as big of an issue. There was, there's actually no way I was going back without uh, monitoring, I think is the only redeeming, uh, it's the only thing of value, but of course it could be done 
way cheaper and way um, for sure. I mean, there, it doesn't have to be as ridiculous as it is. And there's a way to do it. I believe that doesn't require you to have your face smushed in your mess. Over I think and over so too. Again. I think know, so too. We have the technology like uh, it's, it's a shame, but I, you know, I, I see a lot of positives uh, in the future and hopefully we'll get there. Absolutely. You know, and just the last thing I was going to say, going back to identity quickly is that, that for me, like to, to actually think about the parts of my personality and my nature that made me a good nurse, those things are still there if I'm not a nurse. And I would venture to all of our listeners who are, who are struggling with that to like, think about what your, what those good qualities you have are that made you a good nurse, your compassion, your, your listening skills, your ingenuity, you know, your intellect, your resourcefulness, whatever those qualities are, those aren't bound to nursing or whatever the other profession is. That those are those are qualities that exist within us as human beings. Yeah, and and let's be real. I mean, the way things are going in the world now, and uh, I remember being warned about this when I was younger. But it's it's not the same anymore. Where you you go into a profession and expect to practice that for X amount of years. I mean, it hasn't been like that for a long time, right? You're still no. getting baby boomers are kind of they'll be the last ones who kind of finish with that system. And I think it'll be, I mean, I can't tell you how many, I've had many different jobs, even in pharmacy. I've, I've worked all over the place. Like I, I never am in one place for like two, two and a half years, usually maximum. Yeah. And I just don't given the job market. And I think if you, if you have the desire to learn right now and, and you want to try something new uh, that is definitely in your favor. You know, it's it's probably the best time of of my life for for trying something new. So oh yeah, same. So that's a so, good thing. Yeah. So food for thought there. That yeah. you know, again, there are different ways to do it. For for me, after a, a year and a half of everything I've been through and being through the machine and kind of being spit out the other side of it, and a lot of stress, a lot of a lot of anxiety and worry and uncertainty this is where I came to. And, uh, and I, you know, again, and I've talked about this before too, that it's always so telling to me how I feel when I pay attention to how I feel during these Mm -hmm. decisions. Like what does my body feel like as I'm, as I'm making whatever decision or saying whatever it is that I'm going to, going to say, as I, you know, fired off these multiple emails and I had to, you know, send several emails of confirmation to various parties at play here that this was my actual decision and that I was saying this not under duress and that it was all on the up and up that I was wanting to to give up my license. I finished it and I, I felt really, really good. And I woke up the next morning and that was the first morning I hadn't, didn't have to log in and do the monitoring. And I thought, no, this, this makes sense. Yeah. This makes sense for me right now. I completely agree. And I, we've talked about how it's easier to see other people's problems and you, you've got a different perspective when you're not that person and everything, but, and I don't think you could have done anything better. Like it, it's, it's a rare thing to see. And I, I do agree with you that it's, it's the right decision. And when you, so how does that work? You, you, you basically emailed a bunch of people. That's how you disperse that information. Correct. 
I, did, I, uh, yeah. Did you get some interesting responses? I did. Yeah, I, I did. So I, uh, in terms of the monitoring company, I got a very kind supportive statement back, uh, from the union, very much the same. They, mm -hmm. they kind of really wanted me to say, no, this is my decision. I stand by it. This is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, they, I think, I think that the particular person I had been interacting with knew that I was heading that way. She was the person I had been interacting with several months prior. And, and, uh, in that last episode, I mentioned her that she was, she was aware that I was kind of at the end of the end of the road. And from my governing body, I <laughs> had to send two emails before I got a response and then the response uh, was worded, was the response was directed to my union, referring to me as Mr. Williams. It was not even responding to me directly. And um, I thought, you know, <laughs> to me, that really summed it up. Like, I, like I've, I've sent two emails telling you what I'm doing. And the response went to the union about me and mm. what, what it would look like for me if I ever wanted to come back. Yeah. How um, much more mechanical, <laughs> how less, I mean, that there's no humanity there whatsoever. Right. And I, I, I and I, and I left it, I left it yeah. at that, but I thought I just, I sent you two emails by name <laughs> and, and I get a response that went, you know, directed at someone else. It's like, if you asked me a question and I looked, you know, over there to, you know, tell the tree in my, in my yard, the answer, like it was, it just doesn't make sense to me, but it was, it was very, it felt emblematic of, of how I have felt at different points in this process. And uh, so I kind of <laughs> chuckled and, and let it go. Yeah. And uh, you've mentioned a couple of things about where, what you're, you're leaning towards as far as uh, possible options. Do you want to give us kind of an idea of what you're thinking? I, I still have, there's still so much that's, um, up in the air for me, but for, for the immediate, I, I would love to continue to work with, with people and, um, and with youth or with people who are struggling. Um, so there are, there's an abundance of jobs within the community services, nonprofit sector right now that interest me that I've got some, some um, interviews and, and leads on. So I hope to follow that. And, um, and then probably we'll up my education at some point and do some things to, to, you know, sort of add to my resume and add to my experience and value. And, and yeah. Yeah. You're not going to last long for somebody <laughs> grabs you and gets you involved in something. It's going to be pretty interesting to watch. And uh, yeah, I have no doubt that uh, it's going to go well for you, but yeah, that's awesome, Matt. I, I just, uh, I'm so glad that uh, I was able to be, you know, a part of this part of your story to, to kind of watch it unfold. And, and, uh, cause there was, a, I mean, it was, I've seen some weird ones for sure. And, uh, that one was up there <laughs> really bizarre twists and yeah, very interesting. Um, so yeah, but, uh, so that's where Corey's at. We'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, until the, until the next Corey update. <laughs> yeah. Until the next Corey <laughs> update, yeah. Who knows what will happen. Yeah, thank you. Oh, oh.